This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Good to be among you today. Beautiful spring day. Pastor Joe, if you're listening, we feel sorry for you. You love snow, and we've had it the last two Sundays, and you haven't been here to experience it. Eat your heart out. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. You glad you're alive? Me too. I don't know how many of you have on your electronic devices or whatever the Phillips translation or paraphrase. Is this on? Yeah, good. I wish to read from the Phillips uh, translation today because it expresses what I wish to express so graphically. It's found in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Paul is speaking uh, to a group of people, to the Roman Christians, and he has an important message for them and for us. Beginning at verse 11 of chapter 13, I think we have it on the screen. Let's see if we can get it up there. Why all this stress on behavior? Because as I think you have realized, the present time is of the highest importance. It is time to wake up to reality. Every day brings God's salvation nearer than the day in which we took the first step of faith. The night is nearly over and the day has almost dawned. Let us therefore fling away the things that men do in the dark. And let us arm ourselves for the fight of the day. Let us live cleanly as in the daylight. Not in the delights of getting drunk or playing with sex. Nor yet in quarreling or jealousies. And then he makes an important challenge. Let us be Christ's men, and of course, generically women as well. Let us be Christ's men from head to foot. (laughs) And give no chances to the flesh to have its fling. Let us be, let Richard be, Christ's man, from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. That's quite a challenge, isn't it? To be all in. Maybe some of you remember from history that uh, during World War II, the world witnessed a terrible kind of fanaticism. It really was bizarre. We knew them as the kamikaze pilots. These were Japanese pilots who uh, piloted their, their aircraft and would deliberately aim their aircraft at our warships and would decimate them and in the process, of course, sacrifice their own lives. All for the honor of their emperor, and the empire of Japan. Wow. That's what I call being all in. 
for sure. Uh, but contrary to what some of us probably think we know, the first time that ever happened was not with a Japanese pilot. It was actually an American pilot. He didn't do it on purpose. It was uh, quite beyond his control, I suppose. His, his airplane was shot up by the enemy. He was over enemy territory, and he knew he would not survive, and he would likely not be rescued. So he was heard to say over his microphone, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my best. And he deliberately pointed his aircraft, his aircraft at one of their ships. And you say, wow, that's heroism at its finest. But that's kind of the same idea that Paul is getting to here. When your King James, I think, says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be totally inundated, be totally covered. But I like how Phillips renders this. Let us be Christ men from head to foot. <laughs> I don't know whether I exemplify that in my life. I want to. I aspire to that. I do. But in the uh, context of this challenge, <clears throat> he gives us three reasons why it is critically important that we be Christ's men from the top of our heads to the sole of our feet. One is the, the, the reason that we have this moment. This is our moment in time. Notice what he says. Why all this stress on behavior? Because as I think you have realized, the present time, the present time is of the highest importance. Right now is of the highest importance. And, and he goes on to stir us a little bit. It's time to wake up to reality. It's time to wake up out of your stupor and out of your indolence and ambivalence and whatever adjective I could use there. Time to grasp the moment, seize the moment. You know, I think about that and I recognize that our freedoms are slipping away from us. Would it, could it possibly be that in a few years we'll look back on this time and say, Oh, boy, I wish I had that opportunity all over again. Man, if we could just have the freedom to assemble together there at the Eldo Church, and, and I'd take, I'd take great, greater advantage of that opportunity. I want to tell you, I would, I'd, I'd give it 100% if I could only go back. But we have that moment now. It's our day. Crowd, it's our time right now. And may I just put in here parenthetically, Joe doesn't pay me to say this. <laughs> but I've had the opportunity of being in a lot of churches. And I've had the privilege of hearing lots of preachers. God has given us, hear me, one of the finest pastors a church could ever have in Joe Trussell. What a leader God has given. I love this man. I love this church. 
It is a wonderful church. But there is a danger. You know, there's even a danger in that. The good can be the enemy of the very best. And we could just content ourselves. Boy, we have good services. Good times, don't we? I love coming to church. I look forward to it. But I remember something that a special mentor and hero of mine, Vance Havner of another generation, one time he was standing at the back greeting people or saying farewell to them as they walked out of the church. And a board member approached him and said, boy, we had a good service today, didn't we? And Vance Havner says, yes, that's too bad. Took the guy back. Too bad. He said it was a good service. Yes, it was. But he said it could have been the very, very best. And we allowed the good to be the enemy of the best. Friends, I'm not sure that Richard Beckham is always at 100%. But I aspire to be. Christ man from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. And the point he is simply making is that sometimes there can be there can be needs that are going unmet. Ministries that could be accomplished. And he is looking to the likes of me to stir myself out of a stupor and say, I can do that. Oh yeah, crowd. Pastor Joe, as wonderful as he is, can't do it all by himself. God has uniquely gifted you and me and every one of us to come together and be brothers and sisters in the Lord and lend ourselves to making this church the absolute best that it possibly can be. I hear Pastor Joe periodically speak of the great revival that took place 20 years ago when numbers and numbers of people were swept into the kingdom of God. I'd love for my grandkids to see that again. I'd love for my grandkids to see such a manifestation of God that it's inexplicable. I can't explain it by good leadership or good organization that it is, hey, there's only one way. That, that, that was an act of God. Wasn't that something back there? I want your kids to be saying, oh, that time when God came and manifested himself. Do you, do you agree? Everybody agree with me on that. Shake your head. You want that. May God help us to understand our responsibility. We are the church. <laughs> You're the church. I'm the church. And God manifests himself through us. I, I, um, a pastor friend of mine told me this story that uh, on one occasion, it was a small church, he had a fine young couple with a, several kids slip into the congregation. Boy, he was thrilled. woo Maybe God can help us to close the back door and these people could become a part of our church. They were there the next Sunday. Boy, they compliment him. That's a good message. They seemed to know all the songs. They seemed to know the scriptures. And they were there for two or three Sundays, and then they were gone. Oh, he went to visit them. We missed you guys last Sunday. Yeah, we'll probably be there next Sunday. Then they came next Sunday, and then they were gone too. 
And then they came, and then they were gone. Oh, man. He said, I thought surely we had them locked in. But several months went by. One day, there came a knock at his door at the parsonage. He opened the door, and there they stood. Pastor, they said, could we come in and talk to you? Sure. They said, I guess you noticed we've been gone. Yeah, he said, I, I've noticed. I sure missed you. Well, we've been, in all candor, we've been, we've been church shopping a little bit. And uh, we, re- we really wanted a church that had a vibrant, a vibrant children's ministry. The church we came from had a vibrant church ministry. In fact, we, the, we were the directors of that child ministry. But, Pastor, we were hoping we could find a church that had a vibrant children's ministry. But we went to this church. They had a few things that were right, but... Theologically, we were kind of out of sync with the, their, their doctrine. And then we went to another church, and boy, whew, we couldn't handle their worship format. And we got to thinking. And so here we are. We'd like to talk to you. We could provide you with some references to let you know that we really have been involved in this ministry But we just wonder if we could prove that to you, whether we might be able to just come alongside you and start that children's ministry right here in this church. My pastor friend said, after I woke up from uh, fainting, I got up and he said, uh, yes, yes, yes. And they came alongside him and they built that children's ministry right in that church. You see, sometimes we have the feeling that church is meant to just benefit us and meet our needs. Parking lots got to be just right and nurseries got to be just perfect for our family and for our needs. When in reality, God has gifted me and God has gifted you. Hello? Anybody out there? (laughs) Yeah, hear me. God has gifted me and God has gifted you with certain talents and abilities. And if there are some blank spots and if there are some needs that are not being met, he wants us to be so tuned in that I think with God's help, I can come alongside pastor. And maybe I can help shore up in that area. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Church is meant to be a place where I utilize the gift mix that God has given me to aid and abet and help it happen right here. How many times, however, have I said, looking back on some wonderful era in my life, man, I wish I could go back and do that all over again. Have you ever said that? I've never been granted that request. I've never been granted the opportunity of going back and doing it over again. And some of us need to take a good hard look at what we're doing right now. How are we, what message are we conveying to our children, for instance? Come on, I don't wish to just kill the meeting here. 
but we convey to our children values more by what we do than what we say. And are we saying to them that the kingdom of God is the most important thing in all the world? Or is something else? Hey, I like soccer. I do. But am I saying to my kids by my example and by my leadership as a head of household, if if I can call myself that, Am I saying to them in bold language, well, church and the kingdom of God is important, but there are some other things that are more important. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, please don't cast me out of here. I want to tell you the thing that I am so grateful for. False, yes. Less than perfect, yes. But I had parents who demonstrated in the way they spent their money and the priorities they established for themselves that the kingdom of God was the most important thing in our lives. And it is caught more than it's taught. Can't ever recall dad saying, Now, Richard, (laughs) thus and so... Nah, didn't happen. He just lived it. Lived it every day. And it somehow resonated in my heart that I needed to take the kingdom of God seriously. And I thank God for what he's given us. The opportunities he's given us right here. Hey, would you just let me say, as a guest speaker here today, Let us be Christ men from the top of our head to the sole of our feet and take advantage of the opportunity that is right now ours in Jesus to make this church all that God would have it to be for our children and for our grandchildren. And so that a few years from today, we won't say, boy, I regret that I didn't give it more energy when I could have. Amen. Well, let me go on, lest I just completely kill the meeting. Paul is saying to us here, not only let us be Christ's men from head to foot in view of the opportunities that are ours right now, but he said, let us be Christ's men from head to foot in view of our Lord's soon return. Look at verses 11 and 12. Why all this stress on behavior? Every day brings God's salvation, he's talking about the return of Christ, nearer than the day in which he took the first step of faith. Do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Now, come on, really, do you believe that? There's a numerologist right now, you've seen it kind of on Facebook and whatever, that he's predicting the Lord is going to come April the 23rd. That's in just a few days. I don't know that I accept that because no man knoweth the day nor the hour. And so I, 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 but what if, what, what, what if he did? What if he did come April the 23rd? Would he find me up to my eyeballs giving it everything I've got to see people one for Jesus Christ? Or would he see somebody who's pretty indifferent about it all, pretty casual, pretty ambivalent, just, just kind of coasting, 
through life. I remember the little Sunday school girl that she's only about seven, and she was so looking forward to the birthday, which was soon to come, when she'd be turning eight. <laughs> but she went to Sunday school, and her Sunday school teacher really emphasized that Sunday that Jesus was coming back soon. It got her attention. And so uh, when she got home, mom was fixing lunch there around the kitchen. The little girl sidled up to her and said, Mommy, do we, do we believe that? Do you, do you believe that Jesus is coming soon? Oh, yes, I do, honey. He could come at any time. He could just come now. Really? Do you think he might come? hate that thing. Do you think he could come before I, before I turn eight? Honey, he could come at any time. I don't know of any reason why he couldn't come. Well, Mommy, do you suppose that Jesus could come in the next month? Sure, darling. He, everything is ready. He could come. Well, do you, do you think he might come? Is it possible that he could come this next week? Darling, we've got to be ready. He could come at any... Do you think he might possibly... Could he, could he come the next hour? Honey, Jesus could come at any time. I hate that thing. I don't know how Joe does it. He is so talented. He never fights that thing. And I fight it all the time. And here I ruin my story. Do you think he could come at any hour? Darling, he could come at any time. Or upon the little girl looked up at her mommy and said, Mommy, would you comb my hair? You get the point? If Jesus is coming at any time, I want my hair combed. I want to be ready. I want to give, be giving it everything I've got. My dear friends, seriously, let me talk to you a second. Sometimes we think that the return of Christ is going to be foretold by, you know, some kind of astronomical events. Maybe. I'm not sure as I have all that figured out. But Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking. No big deal there, huh? They were marrying and giving in marriage. No big deal there. They were buying and they were selling. Well, yeah, that's pretty ordinary. When he came, when the Son of Man will come. And what he is saying is that people will just be going about life, going on vacations, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, buying and selling, just the normal routines when suddenly, when suddenly, Jesus will be coming. My dear friends, I don't want to be overcome with just the ordinary pressures and duties and activities of life. 
that I failed to live on tiptoe, that I failed to live with a consciousness that Jesus could come at any moment. Everybody okay? Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Are you living your, in your life in view of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, help me. Help me, Jesus. Am I spending my money? Am I investing my time? As though Jesus would come, could come tomorrow? How would it alter my behavior? Am I setting my priorities? Really? An atheist one time said to a Christian, he said, you don't believe that. You don't believe that Jesus is coming. No, you don't. No, you don't. He said, if I believed that Jesus was coming tomorrow, I'd burn up the pavement to tell all of my neighbors I would absolutely stop at nothing to make sure my loved ones heard and were warned, please, he's coming, he's coming. Rather, our attitude is, oh yeah, the house is on fire. Get the hose. <laughs> no, really, seriously. May we be captured by the urgency. He is saying... Let us be Christ's men from head to foot because every day we live, Christ's coming is nearer than the day before. I've got to bring this to a close because the time, that old clock. Let us be Christ's men from head to foot, thirdly, because we represent him. Notice what he said. Let us therefore fling away the things that men do in the dark. Let us live cleanly as in the daylight. Not in the delights of getting drunk or playing with sex, nor yet in quarreling or jealousies. Let us be Christ's men from head to foot and give no chance to the flesh to have its fling. I'm the only Bible that some people will ever read. Now, that may be unfortunate, but it is true. Just this past week, I went out in the country. I'll not tell you what direction. <laughs> and I, I had heard of this family name, but I did not know this particular individual. I just knew he was from a rough family. I remember dealing with him when I was here before. And I don't think he's modified his behavior a whole lot. So I'm engaging him in conversation. I went out there to buy a few bales of, large bales of hay for my horses. And I'm engaging him in conversation, and I'm trying to find a bridge to talk to him about things that really matter. And so I make reference to an individual that lived out in his neck of the woods, used to live out there, and I said, you know, I've been out this way a few times seeing such and such. When I mentioned that name, he bristled. He said, ha! that guy, he fried me 25 years ago. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He went on to tell me that he had, this individual had just chewed him out for some unchristian behavior. 
and he turned right around and tried to cheat him in a business deal. He said, I want to tell you, that just stuck in my crawl. I said, man, that's 25 years ago. I'm sorry. This individual has no doubt grown in the Lord and moderated. I, I said, we can't, we can't be too hard on him. I, but he loved the Lord. He just, he just needed to grow a bit. Too late! That was his response. Too late! I don't forget, he said. I don't forget. Now, here I come along 25 years later. I'm trying to reach this guy. I'm trying to bridge to him. And here's something somebody did 25 years ago that was inconsistent, and he spied it in the New York Second. It was a great big hurdle in my way and in his way. Is everybody here? I want you to listen to me. I've got to live carefully. I've got to make sure that every day I'm conscious of the fact that I represent Christ. Christianity is going to be interpreted largely by what they see in my life. And does that mean I've got to walk around paranoid? No, I just want to be careful. I want to be genuine. I want to be authentic. Amen? I cannot give somebody a big excuse as this man had. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that. I know what them Christians are like. I, I dealt with one 25 years. Too late. Too late. Here he says, I, I want you, I want you, don't, don't indulge yourself. Let us live cleanly as in the daylight, not in the delights of getting drunk or playing with sex, nor yet in quarreling or jealousies. Let us be Christ's men from head to foot and give no chance to the flesh to have its fling. How important is it to you to be authentic and be genuine? I feel bad because sometimes we destroy our testimony in just an unguarded moment when somebody maybe tells us some smutty off-color story we bend over goof on laughter and then we gotta up them one by telling our little shady our little shady joke and we don't realize that we've so compromised ourselves that we've cut the rug right out from, we've cut the land right out from under our feet. Crowd, I represent Jesus. Every day. And, I, and, and I, I've got to be conscious of that when I go to the grocery store, and especially around here. I want to tell you, I've, I've lived for the last number of years in a much, much, much larger place. And you could go days without seeing anybody you know. You don't go anywhere in this town unless somebody knows you. <laughs> Let us walk carefully. There is a, there is a, a little weasel-like animal, ermine, in northern Europe that has a snow-white coat 
And instinctively, it will protect that snow white coat. And those who hunt it for its fur, its fur is prized because it's pristine, it's beautiful. They've learned to take advantage of its, its instinct. And so they'll find out where it, it's denned up, maybe in a, a, a log or a clevis in the rock, crevice in the rock. And they'll, they'll daub that entrance with some mud, filth, maybe even tar. And then they'll set the dogs loose, and the dogs will scent this thing out, and, and it'll head back to its little retreat. It'll head back to its den. But when it gets to the enclosure, it gets to the entrance, it sees the mud and the tar or whatever, it will actually refuse to enter. It'll turn around, face the dogs, and they, they're trained to hold it there till the hunters get and throw a net over it so they don't harm its fur. What, I'm, what I saw in that is that this little ermine would rather die it would rather die than to besmirch itself. Is this too radical? Is this too radical for us? That I, as a Christian, man, that thing is giving me fits. That I, as a Christian, can I have the mindset that I'd rather die than disappoint somebody? Well, I've disappointed some, but... I I recognize as a Christian, particularly as a pastor and preacher, man of the cloth, that I have a responsibility. I'm not sure it's any greater than yours. But I do have youngsters that kind of, you know, they adopt you as a hero or whatever. And they look to you for leadership. I hope you don't think I'm crazy. But I have, I have observed pastors who have, who have fallen morally. I've prayed, oh God, oh God, oh God. If you see that I'm about to miss it, if you see that I would disappoint them or in some way cause them to lose faith, I, I pray, God, you take me out. Take me out before I do that. Don't let me, don't let me, don't let me, don't let me bring disgrace upon your word and upon what it means to be a Christian. Is that a heavy load? I want to tell you, every one of us bear that load. We're the only Bible that some people would ever read. And may God help me to be Christ's man from the top of my head to the sole of my feet because, well, we have this moment. This is our time. This is our day. <laughs> Believe me, honey, you'll soon be 75. <laughs> I can't get my mind wrapped around that I'm three quarters of a century. Where has it gone? <laughs> I sometimes say, oh, I wish I were young again. That I, Well, I still have a little energy. I still have a little time. So I want to take advantage of this time. What can I do? How can I fill in the gaps? How can I put my shoulder to the wheel? How can I make it happen? I have this moment. Because Jesus is coming back. And because I represent him. 
I must be Christ's man from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Amen. Let's stand. Would you bow your heads? This maybe maybe it's a little heavy for the Sunday morning here. You're a Christian. You claim no, to love the Lord, and I'm not doubting that. Not mine to bring judgment upon you. But can you honestly say? I'm Christ man, I'm Christ woman. From the top of my head to the sole of my... I'm all in. Pastor, I'm all in. Or am I trying to be a 50 percenter? Am I trying to be a 75 percenter? <sighs> Jesus... Maybe you remember the story of the great missionary, David Livingston, who went to Africa as a medical missionary. And they lost track of him. He disappeared for several years. And they sent a man by the name of Stanley to try to find him. Finally, he found him in the heart of Africa, sick, out of supplies. They made a movie. They made a movie of David Livingston's life, and the director said, you know, we know how to build sets and depict Africa. We know how to make jungle scenes and put animals in there and some of the trappings of jungle life. But how do you capture the essence of a life like David Livingston? How do you portray that on screen? And they found his diary and an entry in his diary in his last birthday. And they discovered these words that David Livingston wrote. My Jesus, my King, my life, my all. I again dedicate my whole self to thee. My king, my Jesus, my life, my all, I again dedicate my whole self to thee. The director threw up his hands in despair. He said, there's no way we can adequately depict that intensity on the screen. But you can depict it in your life. Are you all in? while we bow our heads and if there is someone who would like to come and say you know pastor I do love Jesus I do but I don't think I even approximate what you've talked about today I'm not sure that I am Christ man Christ woman from the top of my head to the sole of my feet and I want to rectify that I'd like to come and bow here one is already here. Perhaps you'd like to join her while we wait just a moment. Jesus, Jesus, I give you my all.
like those kamikaze pilots who ex- exhibited a fanaticism in a bizarre way. I want to exhibit that in a good way. I want to give it my all. I want to give it my best. Is there one who would just raise a hand while no one's looking around? Please. You would say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I don't believe I'm there yet, but I want to be. I see that hand and that and that. Anyone else in that hand? God bless you in that hand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I want to be Christ's man from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Think how it would transform this church. <laughs> oh, think how it would change things around here. If all of us would say, Jesus, count me in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Lord Jesus, as we wait here just a moment or two, perhaps that one who raised the hand would like to say, I'd like to seal this deal. I don't see any sense of procrastinating. I want to be Christ's man from head to foot today for the sake of my family, for the sake of my influence. We have today, time is passing. Sand is running out of the hourglass. We can't do it over. There are no do-overs. I want, I want to be a hundred percenter today. And Lord Jesus, I give you myself. Father, help us to go from this place absolutely challenged to be all in, all yours, from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, and from henceforth forever, in Jesus' name. God bless you, each and every one. Live for Christ. You'll never regret it. God bless you, Val. You're dismissed. Go in peace. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.